All right, a good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome back in. Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. The app, the TV, everywhere you can get us because you get to hear our conversation with Sam McCune of the Omaha World Herald. Good morning, Sam. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, let's start with some Nebraska basketball, men's basketball. I want to I wanna go back a little bit here. Let's go back to the end of the 21-22 season. It was, an, it was a rough year because you were balancing people's love of Bryce McGowan's, Alonzo Verge, Derek Walker seemed like a weird fit. Kobe Webster was supposed to be the guy. Eduardo Andre. It was just a it was a polarizing team that at yeah. one point was one in sixteen in the Big Ten. They got beat by Iowa, and everybody's like, "Well, Fred's done." Then they won three in a row. They won at Penn State. They won at home against Ohio State, and then that weird game on Senior Day in Madison. They won. They finished the conference season four and sixteen, and you're like. Whoa, what's going on here? Then they got beat by Northwestern, 71-69 in the Big Ten tournament. That offseason was uncomfortable because Nebraska had finished the year 10-22, and 4-16, and 16, and you're wondering, this isn't going to work. Alongside, football's not doing well. Two years later, Nebraska's going to play on a senior day in Columbus and have a chance to solidify the NCAA tournament. Yeah. What's the biggest change in two years? Is it what Fred did with defining roles on his staff or the type and DNA of players that he started to bring into the program? I'd go the latter before the former, but I think they're connected. I think, you know, he hired a staff. One, he hired a, you know, a former head coach in Ernie who I think has connected with the players. And I think Adam Howard's come in and, and, and done a lot of yeoman's work mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, not that, his previous staff didn't do that, but I just, you know, I, I, I think, you know, Adam Howard's done a nice job coming in, but I, I do think it's the players. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the guys that Emmanuel Bandamel, Dewan Gary, Sam Griesel, those three this year, rink mast Bryce Williams. Uh, I think those are the, the five players that I, that I think about, um, they were added to the program. Derek Walker became a heck of a lot better. But I think you surrounded Derek Walker with players who, who were of the same mind of, as, as he was. And I think that helped him. So all five of those guys are transfers. Help me out here. I'm trying to do this math in my head. I think three or four of those were uh, you know, non-power conference transfers mm-hmm. who came in. Griesel, Mast, Bandamel, and who was the other one I mentioned? I can't remember, but... You know, so not necessarily power conference guys who came in, but and Bryce Williams, he's a non-power conference yeah, guy. You know, that's I think that's where it came from is they went and got some grit from non-power leagues, guys that came to Nebraska with something to prove and something to play up to, and that I think kind of includes Jawan Gary, and I yeah. think that made the difference. I think that was that was the largest difference in the program is that. They started adding guys who looked at Nebraska as an opportunity as opposed to doing Nebraska a favor. And I think that, oh, that's, a great that, point. that's where the change is. Lo- I love that line. Hey, it, can, it applies to a lot of sports when coaches are looking at portal players. That's a great line, Sam. It, it, well, and, and Sam, the other part, uh, you know, what does this kind of say to Fred? Because he's he's kind of thrown some examples out at us of this team and, and how much he you know really does appreciate this team but I feel like we've seen this a little bit more this year a little bit of last year too and this kind of goes back to the culture thing but 
Gary and I were talking last week. You know, C.J. Wilcher's body language wasn't great in that win against Indiana, but then you watch him on Sunday, and, and for the most part, as his role has changed over the last little over a year now, he's been a guy that probably hasn't had the role that he envisioned, but he's still dialed in. Fred mentioned yesterday that uh, Jerron Coleman was one of the calming influences when Indiana was going on that run and they get the, the, the game within three, that you have some role players or guys that aren't even playing like Jerron Coleman, that they're still very much kind of bought in. And I don't know if that's just because they're winning games or what, but what does that, in your opinion, kind of say to Fred and what he's been able to kind of do with this, this team and this roster? Yeah, winning does have something to do with it, right? I think you, yeah. you know, your role players do, you know, they do want to pitch in more, even if they're not playing a lot when when they're winning. That that certainly feels good. And uh, I I think what I would say is is that uh, it's it's just a good chemistry group. Credit to you know Gary Wilcher. Uh, I think Mast has come in and been exactly what they wanted him to be which is kind of a vocal leader and, and willing to do some things. And I think Bryce Williams has been more than they thought he would be. I think he's, he was, he's been a good shooter. I don't know what his percentage is from three, 36, 37%, somewhere in there, but, but he's actually been a guy that's like, yeah, there's nine seconds left on the shot clock. I'll go take the shot. I'll go take it. it give it to me. Mm-hmm. And they needed that. And he's, he supplied it. And I think it's an old team. You know, so you got a bunch of guys that are not kids. I yeah. wouldn't call any. I wouldn't call these guys kids. You know, they're men, and uh, and it suits Fred. I I think Fred needs to coach at this point in his life and his tenure and his demeanor. Like you just talked to Fred, he probably needs to coach men. And so if they're gonna, if they're, if he's gonna stay in college, and I think it's a good fit for him to stay in college, he this this is the way you got to go. Like you got to try to go get the older guys, maybe sprinkle in a freshman or two, but you know he likes to coach guys that understand the game. A lot of lower conference guys do. You kind of have to at that level, and I think he likes guys that can take care of themselves, you know, and and come to the gym um, ready to work, and they kind of already know how. And so the portal, the portal approach, works for him, and I think. They're going to continue to do it, and I think that if they're able to get to the tournament this year, and I, they have a good chance of doing that, I think the ability to get even better players is going to improve too. I mean, there's some guys that that they would have loved to have gotten in this cycle and in the most in the previous cycle that they missed out on, and I, I'm not sure they'll miss out on those players going mm. forward. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I mean, I think his the guys that he got to transfer the last couple of years that you brought up. I think are like Fred's type guys. I, you know, Nebraska has the ability to chase big names, but I think they also have the smartness to chase the right guys when it comes right. to portal guys. And I think Fred has found the key to constructing a roster. Let me let me take this big picture about Nebraska athletics. We all have that one or two or three or twenty people in our life. When it comes to they're a Nebraska fan, and they are about done with Nebraska athletics because of the lack of success. Um, you know, I, I was with a guy the other day, Nebraska baseball is up eight, one on Sunday at grand Canyon. Next thing you know, it's eight, eight. And he's like, you think Bill Bolt will survive? And I'm like, they just won two of three. <laughs> They're tied yeah. eight, eight, but we've all, we all have that person. But I yeah. said to him, as we were sitting in the game on Sunday, I said, isn't it different? And he was like, yeah, but when the vibe is different surrounding men's athletics at Nebraska, 
in the yeah. last couple of years. Would you agree? And why do you think that's the case when yet Nebraska not, basketball has not officially been in the tournament? Nebraska football is still looking for that bowl victory. Will Bold is, you know, trying to get make sure they don't go three years without the NCAA tournament. Why do you think it's different on that side when it has been a rough patch for a while? I think the engagement from the athletic department, the athletic director in particular, uh, Trev Albert, you know, I, I don't know that there was a ton of engagement uh, from, from Bill Moose. Now, he hired Fred, and he hired Will. And if they have success going forward, I mean, Bill deserves some credit for doing that. I would say that I don't know that the engagement level was always there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, Trev, you know, Trev has, I think the conversations about let's win is, is something he's willing to say and have. And I think there's a balance that, that he's comfortable with striking related to, hey, let's, let's improve, let's have a really good student-athlete experience, but winning enhances the student-athlete mm-hmm. experience. And I think that's that's an area where you know Nebraska's maybe turned a corner, and that you know Matt Rule does does change things a little bit. He's he's around a lot. He's engaging. He he wants to be. He understands the role of a football coach on campus. Um, and and not everybody's like this, but you know, like some football coaches are like, listen, I I want to coach football. I kind of want to be left alone. I'm going to make a beeline from my office to my house, from my house to my office. And we're going to win some games, but people aren't going to know me because my job's really hard. Matt Rule's not going to be that way. He's going to be, you know, the guy that's sitting out there, um, you know, at the dunk contest. He's going to be, you know, engaged. Now, he doesn't get on the mic every other day like Bruce Pearl used to do at Tennessee or, or whoever, uh, but, but, he's, but he's, you know, there and he's visible and, and he's present. And so I think, some of the other coaches in the athletic department appreciate that, even if Nebraska football isn't winning, um, you know, ten games last year. So, those are probably mm-hmm. some of the, the things that I would that I would look at uh, for why men's athletics seems a little better than it did even a couple years ago. Sam, this this question was asked to me uh, over the weekend, and. It it been a while, and it's a good thing that we haven't had the discussion because you know things are obviously going better for basketball. But somebody had asked me what I thought it was going to take for Fred to you know stay on at Nebraska, where they wouldn't feel like they had to make a change. And I I never felt that it was it was NCAA tournament or bust. I, I felt like it, as Travis kind of alluded to, you you can see the success, you can see that there's things there that maybe if you're part of the conversation and you just don't quite make it, maybe that's one thing, but. If it, it it had me thinking, especially with new leadership, and I know Trev hasn't just like ever laid it out, what the overall expectation level for the head basketball coach is when it comes to success. What is, what is a a standard of success in your opinion that Fred and 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 even Will Bolt, but in this particular instance, Fred Hoiberg would have to hold up to to be good with the security of his job. That's a good question. A different answer, depending on the passion level of the person you're asking as it relates to basketball. Yeah, I would say, and a lot of the media in this in this in this market are basketball people. Mm-hmm. They're they're not really football people. They're basketball people, and that's okay. Like that that's actually pretty common of the media. Just so you know, 
I think most of them would say the NCAA tournament every year or every other year, or, you know, like five out of seven years. Nebraska basketball fans, despite being like, you know, Cubs fans, they're sort of like, I don't even know how to explain it. Their expectations (laughs) are higher than mine would ever be, you know? And so, like, for me, I don't know, uh, the NCAA tournament, you know, three out of the the next five years. That's where I'm uh, at, You know, four out of eight, make a run here or there, uh, keep people happy, enjoy it. Uh, Now, I think the standard of Creighton is different. Right. You know, I think the standard of Creighton is now Sweet 16 or whatever, but they they put all their energy into that. Like, all of their focus is in the basketball programs at Creighton. So, you know, that's my take. Other people would would give you a different take on basketball. Mm -hmm. And then on baseball, there would be people who would say, Ah, every other year in the NCAA tournament is fine. And I would give you the opposite answer. And I would say, no, the Nebraska baseball program needs to make it every year. I, I think that's a reasonable goal. I think they have the resources to do that. I think they have, quite frankly, a much better history than the basketball program Absolutely, does. Yeah. Three college world series. Uh, and I think it's, to be very honest with you, it's, it's very possible to do in the league that Nebraska is in. I, I, and it's going to become more possible. You know, I'd say now if you want to get an at-large bid in the Big Ten, you you better win thirty, you know, thirty-eight or something. But that's going to change once mm-hmm. those other teams come in. And yeah, I think I think Nebraska, you know, given the advantages that Nebraska baseball has with Austin money and other things, I I think it's I think it's pretty fair to say four out of five years you should be in the NCAA tournament, and you know, somewhere in that five years you should make it to a super regional. And maybe you've got, you know, you get that special group of players who uh, who stick around. The transfer portal in baseball, it, it's, it's very active, but it's different. Like, it's yeah, not, some it's NIL not quite money. Yeah, it's just not quite the same. Like, you're able, a program like Nebraska is, is able to, you know, to use the transfer portal market in baseball a lot better, I would think. And so, and if you get a really good player, quite honestly, they stay. I mean, Max Anderson and Bryce stayed for three years. So... Uh, I think they've got to they've got to figure it out and, and 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 do well. I think they should be the best baseball program in the Big Ten uh, that is uh, you know east of the Rockies, and and uh, they're not currently. So that's my opinion. Uh, you know, I don't cover the team. I'm not yeah. not a beat writer or anything like that. So, uh, but other people will tell you something different. Uh, it kind of depends on on who you ask and what their passion level is for the sport. Hey, would you fancy yourself as a football guy over a basketball guy? I'm just checking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just making sure. I know you. Oh, yeah. I know you and, like and, basketball, and you especially like women's basketball. But you're football first and foremost. Yeah, you know, okay. and it's it's believe me. Growing up as a kid, I would I would probably have tilted a little bit basketball over football. I think that's pretty common. I grew up in the '90s, so the NCAA tournament was a big deal. And I'm not saying that like people should be one thing or another. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that like you know. The best high school state tournament is basketball. Let's be honest. I mean, football is fun, but in high school, uh, but that's you know the state tournament in basketball is what you is what you think about and going down there and having fun and all those things. And a basketball game does have an inherent um, you know excitement to it because you're exposed to the crowd and you're right there and you're sort of moving along with the the emotions of the moment. It, it does. It is more exciting. 
mm-hmm. uh, than often than a, than a football game. I just like football because I like the systemic aspect of it. So, like, so much goes into one week. So much goes into one play. And, you know, I, I love the, the turmoil that, that the inner turmoil that creates at people. Hey, the, let's shift to football real quick. Yeah. And, and and part of sa- uh, yeah. Sunday is they had the dunk contest and people got to see the athleticism of Jeremiah right. Charles where Nebraska actually fell in love with Jeremiah Charles at a basketball game when they were recruiting him. He's a guy that came here as a wide receiver. They moved to defensive back. Nebraska had – they were losing wide receivers right and left last year and were like, why did they move him and Bryce Turner to defensive back? Well, now you hear coaches talking and they'll bring up Jeremiah Charles, they'll bring up Bly Hill, the transfer – and they're like, these guys have a future. And now people are like, all right, Jeremiah Charles, you already know what they think of Tommy Hill. You already know what they think of Isaac Gifford. They are, you already know what they think of a healthy Deshaun Singleton. Everywhere you go in Lincoln, you see the Buford brothers together. And all I can think about watching Jeremiah Charles is Malcolm Hartsog. Sam, what, what has to happen this spring and into the fall for Malcolm Hartsog, who now is an older guy in this program, when we raved about him as a freshman? Great question. I think that's settle on a position for Malcolm. Is that going to be safety? Is that going to be corner? Where is he going to play? He's got some similar skill sets to DiCaprio Boodle, you know, who could kind of play both of those spots. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, Malcolm's got to be a guy that, is he a rotational guy? Is he your, your number one corner athletically probably can be Tommy Hill. I think that Tommy's got to be consistent in that, in that regard. Um, but he can be athletically your number one corner for sure. And then I think, um, you know, Malcolm's a guy that got to keep coming as a coverage guy. You know, he, he had a stinger when he was a freshman. And by that, I mean a positive thing. He had sort of the scorpion stinger. He could, he was a playmaker. Uh, I thought last year, maybe a little less so, and so continuing to continuing to stay regressive as a player and confident, I think their I think their secondary is going to be pretty good. It does. I mean, Bly Hill's development is important, um, as is Mario Buford. I think he's an important player in that in that in that conversation too. They, they need to have four corners. I think right now they probably feel good about two. They prefer to have four. I think their safety situation should be pretty good. So their secondary should be real nice. Next yep. year, one more year, and then I think you know, then you got to sort of restock and reload. Yeah, and the the Malcolm Hartsog part of it that Gary brings up too, and, and I don't know if maybe you know more about this. I'm just curious if he is spending all of his time. I know they like to cross train. I know it's sort of a positionless defense, especially in the secondary. They want him to cross train, but I, I believe Malcolm Hartsog even said last year that he felt like his natural position was safety. In in your opinion, Sam, is it is this spring kind of indicative of if, if he's spending more time at one place than the other? Maybe if he is spending more time at corner, that that actually ultimately benefits him where we see improvement from that standpoint? I think that ideally they would probably love to play Malcolm Hartsog at, at safety. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Now, again, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, all of your corners are six foot or taller. Mm-hmm. All of them play like they're 5'10". And that by that I mean they get inside the pads of the receivers. All of them can can run stride for stride, and all of them can play you know the short route. There's a lot of things that Malcolm does really well. He's five nine in the Big Ten. 
There's going to be teams that run fade routes and do other things, and you know we don't need to get into the weeds. But the reality is, if Bly Hills is really good, he's six two. Tommy's about six foot, and then you know I would say that Mario, even though he's a little shorter than six foot, is is a is a take in the Nick Saban lexicon because he could because he's he's an athlete plus, and so he probably plays up a little bit uh, in his you know, even though he's not, I don't think he's six foot. So you know I think. I think in an ideal world, they would love to put him, just like Marquise Buford is at safety, also mm-hmm. at safety. When you're back there, you can see kind of everything. They know the defense. Um, uh, Malcolm's good in run support. He comes up really well. Isaac's not the tallest guy either. He's probably six, you know, 5'11", six foot, maybe six one. Um, you know, so I think they would love to have corners, and then I think they'd love to have a slot corner, right, who they mm-hmm. can put inside and in-the-box corner who uh, is preferably 6-1, you know, and, and is able able to make plays there too. So everybody's always looking for this stuff. Like that's ideally what you want across the board are tall, long, tall, long defensive backs who just take away anything deep and they, they know technique well enough to be able to take away the short stuff too. Yeah. And I'm not saying Nebraska's defense is going to be 0-9 or 2010. I do think they're going to be flexible and athletic enough to take away a lot of routes. And and once you start doing that, then you're man, you're you're making it really hard on a team to score. Yep. Yep, I agree. Sam as always, we appreciate the conversation. Have a great week. Take care. That's uh, Sam McEwen of the uh World Herald. Tim Kruger, our bracketologist with the uh, latest bracket that is out uh going to be out a little bit later this morning on stadium.com. He'll uh, join us. Where is uh, Creighton? Where is uh, Nebraska? We'll check in with TK Brackets coming up after the top of the hour at 1620 The Zone.